Complete This History is edited, produced, hosted, and everything by us. By you, me. I'm so tired all the time. <laughs> I have been so tired since we started this. I keep thinking it's going to get better, and I just keep being tired. Amen. <laughs> we're with you, the sun is shining 24-7. Cause when we're together, it feels like we're in heaven. If it will get dark, you'll be my million stars. I know I can lean on you. Welcome to episode 10 of Delete This History, a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers. We're your hosts, Kara Birch. And Bria Brown. How was your week? Not great. You know, I feel like we say that every week. And I'm starting to think that our lives are just not great. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. No. We do have really good lives. That's why it's so upsetting to week after week just be like, feel so beaten down. Yes. So the week before, I didn't feel well, and that's what was making my week bad. This week, people be nuts. I know. Is there like some kind of mercury and retrograde? I don't even believe that stuff. (laughs) I don't know. This was just a crazy week. Yeah. And I'm glad it's over. Me too. I'm so glad to be here doing this. The highlight of my week was tripping balls on Metformin. That just ruined my whole week. Yeah, I don't doubt it. It's great when you look at the list of symptoms, you know, or side effects for a drug. They've got the list, like common, Mm -hmm. less common, uncommon, very rare. And I had like five out of six of the very rare side effects, which included dreams that were so realistic. And I have realistic Mm -hmm. dreams anyway, but these were so realistic that I actually thought they were happening. And they were about like regular, normal things like work. It was terrible. I mean, it was like a bad trip. And then I was paranoid. And then I also I had just the normal physical side effects that were kind of common. The nausea, the nasty stomach stuff. And I was just like, I done. Your body was not having it. No, it was no. Feeling drunk. Good grief. Not able to wake up in the morning. I'd wake up and be like, I really need to wake. Oh, my gosh. Like I'd be back asleep again before I could even think you need to get up. Oh, gosh. But one of the very rare side effects was, was coma. <laughs> That's the one I didn't have. <laughs> well, it sounded like you had intermittent coma. It sounds like I was on my way. Oh, my gosh. being in a coma. So I, I just, nope. And I told my doctor, we'd be done with this. Yeah. Yeah, you can't live like that. No. That pretty much took my whole week feeling like that and then recovering from it and trying to work while you're doing it. Yeah, no kidding. I had to treat myself like a child this week. You did? Why? (laughs) Instagram's ruining my life. Oh, no. Because I love it. (laughs) There's so many interesting things on Instagram. And it's ruining my life because I'm losing so much time to it. I used to read books when I went to bed. (laughs) Now I scroll Instagram. I don't know what happens to time. It's like when you play a video game mm-hmm. and you play and you play and you play and you're mm-hmm. having so much fun and all of a sudden it's four in the morning. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? What? Yeah. The clocks are wrong. That's not right. Well, that's happening with Instagram. So. What are you going to do about this? I put a limit on Instagram and all of my apps become unavailable at straight up 10 o'clock now. Good girl. <laughs> it's really worked. There've been a couple of times where I was like, "Oh no, I st- I'm still working. I still need this." And so I you can tell it, "Hey, I need you to delay this for 15 minutes or whatever, you know." 
but it has really worked with my brain because it's alerting me to what time it actually is. Right. And that's what happens. I get into Instagram and I just lose complete track of time. It's like a freaking casino in there. <laughs> no clocks, no windows. And so then, you know, I finally look at the clock and it's like 1.30 in the morning and I can't function like that. No. So I treated myself like a child and it worked. Well, thank God in the past Kara was thinking about future Kara. Thank you, past Kara. <laughs> so also I bit the dust yesterday and really hurt myself. Oh, no. You know those hippos in Fantasia <laughs> that dance? I do. Well, I'm like that, except not graceful. What happened? <laughs> I was trying to rearrange my crock pots on top of my refrigerator. <laughs> this is the biggest midlife story ever. <laughs> Middle-aged woman story. I was rearranging my crock pots. And I was up on a step stool. And I pushed the crock pots. Somehow I forgot that only two crock pots fit up there. So all three crockpots were up, the big ones, were up on top of the fridge. You have three crockpots? Yes. I have a Chief's one, a stainless steel one, and then I've got a, like an extra big like oh. rectangle one. All right. That can bake, roast. Oh. It's like a multi. Yes. I remember when you bought that because you were, oh, yeah, continue. It's so exciting. Yes. It's the best thing ever. Because there were three up there when I took down the crock pot to make lasagna yesterday, I tried to put it back up there and they weren't fitting. And I was like, what the hell? So I'm up on the step stool and I'm pushing to try to make them fit. And the one on the far end starts falling off the refrigerator. Oh, yes. The far end of the refrigerator. So I went to step down quickly to go rescue it before it fell. And I was on the top step like a dum-dum. How could I forget that I was on the top step? So it's a oh, big old step down. Oh, no. You thought you were on the lower step? Yes. Oh, the ground wasn't as close as and you thought. And the ground wasn't there. Oh, no. And I fell oh, hard oh, no. on that tile floor in my kitchen. <sighs> just like, boom. Clint was in the shower. <laughs> I know he know. He could hear it. <laughs> well, I started laughing because, of course, I peed my pants a little bit. <laughs> Because I've had three kids, and when you fall that hard on hard floor, you're going to pee your pants a little bit. Yeah. Jackie and I were laughing. We were just laughing our butts off. And I wanted to laugh to let her know I was okay, but it hurt so bad. Oh. I fell, like, right on my leg and my oh, knee. No. And, of course, I twisted funky. So today I'm all kinds of... You're messed up. I'm all kinds of messed up. My ankle got, like, oh. kind of sprained a little bit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so graceful was it last year that you did this off of your porch um <laughs> was that last year i think it was might have been the year before okay you were doing fall decorations right it was about this time of year i feel like last year yeah it might have been remember that one time it was summer and i was carrying a watermelon into my house and i tripped <laughs> on the way in <laughs> i flew into the kitchen and the watermelon <laughs> fell on the tile floor <laughs> And it busted. <gasps> what? The watermelon busted open. I don't think you told me this. Oh, I'm sure I did. Oh. Oh, my gosh. But when I fell off the porch, I cried so hard. Because <laughs> I was just so annoyed, and it hurt. And so I sat in Clint's chair and cried, and the kids just stared at me. <laughs> they were so scared of why I was crying. <laughs> 
Anyway, there was no crying oh last night, gosh. but then I went into the bedroom and I had knocked a picture off the wall. <gasps> Shut up. You did not. That is how big the concussion was. Oh, my boom. Word. So then Clint came out of the bathroom and he looked at me kind of like he was about to ask and I just started laughing. And I said, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear something? He was like, what happened? I figured since I didn't hear screaming, everything was okay. But what was going on? <sighs> did you save the crock pot, though, that was falling off the other edge? Yeah, I mean, because it wasn't really falling. Like, I wouldn't have. If it really had been falling, forget about it. I was on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe you fell and rolled and caught it. Hell no. It was a very slow process getting back up again. <laughs> just laid there probably it hurt. it hurt so bad and my leg is just black and blue today. oh my gosh oh yeah because i bruise so easily anyway <sighs> so between the drug and the fall your body is like girl <laughs> what the f can you please just go to a padded yeah. room and just drink water so by the time this airs mm -hmm. the next season of the great british baking show will have started oh crap i haven't finished the last season. This is why I'm telling you. Thank you. Because we talked about how you always put it off and put it off. I do. September 29th okay. is when the first episode drops. Okay, okay. Now, they only drop them one week at a time. So you could just wait until the season is over and get caught up or and then binge this one. We could binge a bunch of episodes while we're in South Carolina. I can't do that. I have to watch it with Sean. Oh, that's right. He likes to watch it yes. with you. I forgot. Your Sorry. husband likes to do things with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, your husband likes the same shows you do. We do, do a lot of stuff together, yes. So, um, I have a correction. Oh, yes. Oh, wait, sorry. Are you done with Baking Show? That's it, yeah. Oh, okay. I just wanted to Thank bring you. it to your attention. I'm, I really appreciate that. I'll get on that this weekend and like sit on my ass some more. I have a couple corrections. C.D. Lamb. Remember when we talked about the play school um, NFL players, the little people? Yes. Or not play school, Fisher-Price. C.D. Lamb is not a defensive player. Okay. For the Cowboys. He's offense. And I know this in my head, but I was getting him confused with Diggs, who might be a defensive player, but then his brother is also in the NFL, and he's the opposite of what he is. I don't know. The Cowboys aren't my team. Anyway, but Clint said that it made him cringe when I said that C.D. Lamb Will. was a defensive player. Will. Get it corrected. I'm glad you corrected yourself. I'm going to correct myself because I don't want to be that person. I did want to tell you, as Sean and I continue to watch Peaky Blinders, you had mentioned at one point that you didn't remember Killian Murphy's eyes being really blue. Mm -hmm. They are really blue. Are they? Yes. I must have just not been watching closely. So, so blue. You ready to move on to our next segment? I'm ready to dive in. What is our next segment, Bria? Well, it's called The Reading of the List. This is where we tell you our top five most interesting, funniest, most successful searches of the week in list form. Yes. This is an even week. This is episode 10. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read first. Excellent. All right, here we go. Number one, Karen Carpenter, drummer. Number two, why do I drop things so often? <gasps> Number three, Scarper. Number four, Annie Leibovitz. Number five, Moonfall, the movie. 
She's shaking her head no. <laughs> I already know. This is a loser. I may have texted her about this last night. You go, girl. It's your turn. Ooh. Okay. My list this week is number one, filmmaking accident at Lake of the Ozarks. <gasps> number two, brain cells in stomach. Number three, peppercorn rent definition. Number four, goat testicle doctor. <laughs> what? <laughs> doctor? Ghost. Okay. Goat tech. I'm so shocked I can't even say it. Goat testicle doctor? Goat testicle doctor slash percentage of DNA shared between goats and humans. Number five. <laughs> historical versus historic. Okay. I'll tell you what. Let's just scrap my list and just talk to you this week. <laughs> it was a wild week in searching. That sounds like it. Like I was on drugs or something. <laughs> my gosh hey um (laughs) would you like to play a game now i would love to play a game but only if it's called (gasps) search Search me this is where you and i pose a question to each other and see if we can answer it based only on the reading of the lists yes i'm gonna go first Uh uh-huh okay so this week you're still playing for the ghoul friend i need it foaming hand soap i need it real bad my hand soap in my bathroom t- this morning was like, it's oh, at the very end. Oh, no, it's at the end. Mm-hmm. That was a really good. I knew exactly. I know that sound. I should be a Foley artist. <gasps> that would be the most fun job ever, I, I think. I would be terrible at it. Ooh, I think I could do it. All right. Again, this one is strawberries, peony, and citrus. We're going to do this Jeopardy style this week. Oh, I have to answer in the form of a question? You do. Oh, gosh. This always wor- messes with my brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, based on my searches, mm-hmm. this topic befuddled both Sean and Kara while watching TV, creating the need to search this. Annie Leibovitz. Oh. I'll give you a second chance because we're going to end up out of spooky season. You're not going to use your soap. I know. Um, can I get a hint? Oh, um, we were watching Peaky Blinders at the time. Oh. Scarper. Yes. Okay. It is Scarper. So there was like a tussle going on. They were in a rumble, Mm -hmm. of course, because that's half the show. It's them fighting. They're a gang. (laughs) (laughs) Gangs rumble. And so while they were all in this fight, someone said, he's Scarpered. And we didn't know what that meant. So I looked it up. And it's a British word meaning to run away or flee. I wonder if it's because I read so much Stupid British stuff. You knew or that watch word? a lot of British TV. Mm-hmm. Not stupid British stuff. I'm sorry, UK people. You knew that word? Yeah. yeah. I had never heard it before. Mm-hmm. Sean didn't either. We both looked at each other. We're like, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, it probably originated from the Italian word for scappare. Scappare. And its first known use was circa 1846. Fairly recent then. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Scarper. Scarpered. Scarper definition. He scarpered. You got to say it like they would. He scarpered. Nope. Uh, That's almost as good as my Irish he, accent. He scarpered. Accents always sound super good in, in my head. 
And then it's out in the room, and I'm like, oh my, I'm how, real bad at accents. How would you say it? Mm, let me, I gotta think. Hang Get on. Get into character. No, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> you can't make me. She had closed her eyes and was getting ready, I, and then she bailed. Because I tried to... I tried an Irish accent last week. It's and it hard. Was, it was horrible. Do you have a question for me? I do have a question for you. And again, you're playing for your pizza paper cutter. And I put a little notepad in there <gasps> with it. Oh. The cover of it is a Paris like like city map. Oh. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh. <laughs> oh, stupid American. See? Can't do it. Was that supposed to be French? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I can't. Can't do it. Okay. <laughs> Which search resulted from a very disturbing story on the Dollop podcast? Oh. That led me straight back to chimerism. Oh. Brain cells in stomach. Oh, son of a. Can I? That wasn't my first. Yep. Okay. That wasn't my gut reaction. What was your gut? Because I started to spit it out and I heard your voice saying, take your time. No, no. It's so funny because. You say that's not your gut reaction, but stomach brain cells in the stomach. <laughs> I was gonna say goat testicle doctor. It is goat <gasps> testicle oh, doctor. That really was what I was gonna say first. Well, then I mean, I got two guesses, so you get two guesses. <gasps> I mean, come on, it's yeah. only fair. What? In well, the I'm world? not gonna go into deep, deep detail on this because the dollop really did. It was like an hour and a half episode oh on this guy. Oh my gosh! And. They do a much better job than I ever would. But the context is there was this quack in the early early 20th century, and he implanted goat testicles and human male scrotums as a cure for a low sex drive. So he convinced people that if he could implant, if he could take goat testicles and cut open a guy's sack and put the little goaty nuts up in there with the guy's nuts, that he would want to have sex more wow wow obviously wow that is not a thing wow how you said when this was early 20th century okay (laughs) his name was dr brinkley okay i can't remember his first name he was a nut job Uh. um (laughs) i get it (laughs) i didn't even mean to do that oh my god (laughs) Also, <laughs> sorry, that was perfect. Also, he was um, originally reported for. Um, I'm gonna. <clears throat> okay. He was originally reported for malpractice by Doctor Sachs. <laughs> Can't make this shit up, people. You have to be joking. I'm not kidding. Anyway, this was episode 62 of The Dollop, if anyone wants to tune in and take a listen. But while I was pondering how infeasible this is to do this procedure, quote unquote, considering like infection and rejection and stuff like that. Yes. I wondered, well, how much DNA do we share with goats and does that make a difference? You were on drugs. (laughs) The answer is... We share 80 to 85% of our DNA with goats. Ew. You know what just flashed in my mind? What? Their pupils. I know. I was thinking, what if you had this procedure and your wife got pregnant 
Ooh. And it came out with those, like... Those crazy pupils. Vertical pupils. <gasps> like, oh my gosh, it really worked. <laughs> Go, baby. Oh, anyway. Um... Actually, You'll only eat garbage. It's really weird. <laughs> they love grass. I mean, we never have to mow the lawn. It's he wonderful. Doesn't want to come inside. So, eighty to eighty-five percent. Okay, is what we share with goats. And a fun fact: we share fifty percent of our DNA with bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so, sharing DNA with an organism isn't all that radical. Okay. And it doesn't make a difference. That's so interesting. And also, he wasn't, like, connecting anything once he yes. put... He would just put stuff in there, so it would just... Be like an osmosis situation, it or... It just brought in there. Like, people were getting sick. People died, Kara, from, like, sepsis. I am so grossed out right now. It was the grossest story. Oh. See, I hadn't even gotten that far in my thinking with it. I was just... I was still back on... Who comes up with this? Oh, yikes. Okay. He was not a well man in the head. Yeah. So more fun DNA facts that I found out while oh, I looked okay. this up. Yeah, this yeah. is from Living DNA. 8% of human DNA is made up of ancient viruses that used to infect us oh, and has now become part of our DNA. Wow. That's uh-huh, interesting. Uh-huh. You can fit more than 25,000 strands of DNA side by side onto the width of a human hair. Whoa. That's a lot of strands of DNA. Yeah, it is. We share 99.9% of our DNA with every other human. Hmm. We're all only just 1% different from each other. I want everybody to think about that next time they're like looking down on somebody else or thinking that they're better than somebody else. You're just 1% different than that person DNA-wise. So, stop being a dick. That's my <laughs> PSA of the day. BBPSA. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Hawking's DNA is saved in digital form on the International Space Station. Why? You know, some people really think they're important. Digital form mm-hmm. on the space station. So, I would assume... His DNA sequencing, like mm-hmm. the sequence of his DNA, mm-hmm. is saved. Yeah. They had a fancy name for the, the drive that it was saved on or the device that it was saved on up there. Whatever. I just don't ever, I just don't think I'm important enough to ever, that people are ever going to need my... I don't... Okay. Like, why? Why would anyone need yeah, that? Yeah, I don't... I need more information about that. <laughs> Stephen Hawking is only 1% different than he you. He's only 1% different than me, so my DNA should be up on the International Space That's Station, too. I'm thinking. You know what? If he's only 1% different, basically, your DNA is on the space station. <gasps> You're right. Congratulations. Thanks. You, too. Thanks. It's a momentous day. Stephen Hawking is <laughs> a very important person in history. He's yes. kind of part of our shared history since we were alive at the same time as him. Mm-hmm. And part of our shared history is 20 years of friendship. That is correct. But now it's time to talk about a history of another kind, our search histories. I think I'm going to just talk about Karen Carpenter first. Okay. Because that's the one that I basically talked about with you via text message. So we'll just get it out of the way so you don't have to be well, all you all you said to me in text was, did you know Karen Carpenter played the drums or was an awesome drummer? And I said, yes. The end. 
Goodbye. Stop texting me about Karen Carpenter. <laughs> so I'm not a huge Carpenters fan. I love them. But nonetheless, I did look it up because I like drummers and I like drumming. I think it's impressive. So I just thought, well, gosh, if I didn't know that about Karen Carpenter being a drummer at all, what else don't I know about her? Because I know the basics about them and their sad end and all that stuff. This is kind of a sad story. So another good reason to get this one out of the way. Okay. All right. She joined the marching band in high school, and they were going to make her play the glockenspiel. And she was like, no, no, I don't want to play that. (laughs) I want to play that drum over there because that looks like fun. So they got her hooked up with drums, and then she was like, this is amazing. I love this. So she took lessons, and she just really got into the drums. And someone took her under their wing and taught her how to play drums, and then she got a drum set at home, and it was kind of like, it was just all history from there. Um, she was very short. She was only 5'4", which mm-hmm. is actually taller than I am. And so when she and Richard started they became the Carpenters. Right. I'm skipping a lot of history here. Right, right, right. Yeah. When they became the Carpenters, and she was basically the lead singer but still playing the drums, they were getting reviews from the audiences that weren't great because the audience was like, you have no focal point. Like, what are we even supposed to look at? She's singing, but we can't see her. She's so little behind the drums. So Richard and a friend convinced her, stop playing the drums, basically, come out, be the focal point for the live performances. Okay. This made her super uncomfortable and she really preferred to kind of hide back behind the drums, which is part of what led to her anorexia. Yeah. And which I thought was just so sad. Yeah. What if she had stayed behind the drums? We can't pull at that thread because, you know, what, but it just really makes me sad. Um, In the seventies, Richard became addicted to quaaludes I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Um, This is a hypnotic sedative, and it actually was very popular during the 70s, -hmm. uh, especially in the clubs. These are also referred to as disco biscuits, (laughs) which just happens to have been my stage name in college. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, disco biscuit. Disco biscuits. Now get this. In the UK... Quaaludes were referred to as mandrakes. Oh. Do you remember that from Harry Potter? Yeah, I do. So I'm kind of like... I know. I know. I need to mull that one over a little bit more. So when he became addicted to the Quaaludes, it started to really mess with their tour dates, and they were having to cancel a whole bunch of them. And they eventually just had to cancel the tour that they were currently on completely so he could check into rehab. She did some solo stuff. Um, she sang with Aretha Franklin on a um, music special on TV. And then uh, they eventually recorded one more album together after he got out of rehab, and then she passed away. Damn. I love their Christmas album. I do listen to their Christmas album. And I actually watched a whole bunch of videos of her drumming and singing at the same time. So you're really impressed with the Sunday Night Football anthem <laughs> this season with Carrie Underwood getting behind the drums there in her weird-ass costume? We mute it every week. It's bad. We mute. We just That's just our tradition in our house. 
We mute that. And if someone's not near the remote when it's time, when they're like, now here's Carrie Underwood with it. <laughs> we're like, no. And everybody like runs for the remote to mute it because it's so obnoxious. But she does drum. Oh, for real? Oh, I didn't know that. It is. You're going to have to watch this coming week just to watch her drum in the open because it is. But hilarious. that's. Re- oh, but well, I've seen it, but I didn't know that was real. Do you think she knows how to play the drums in real life? Like she could sit down and play Maybe. the drums for a song. I'm assuming. Like, why would they? Why else would they put her back there to do that? Because oh, my gosh. Girl- I don't know why I just asked. That's <laughs> silly of me. That's the end of my Karen Carpenter search. <laughs> why do birds? You can't sing that. We can't afford it. I just said three words. That could have been any song at all. Mm-hmm. It's the Why Do Birds song. The first one I'm going to talk about is Brain Cells in Your Stomach. Yes, please do. I was watching a new murder mystery show. It's called Mrs. Sid Who Investigates. It's delightful so far. Okay. And they release one episode a week, which annoys me. Her character, Mrs. Sid Who, Mrs. Sid Who, the character, mentions to her new curmudgeonly detective frenemy that the stomach has millions of brain cells in its lining hence the term gut feeling or go with your gut or gut instinct she is an asian indian woman of a certain age that's actually in the description of the show (laughs) and she's a widow and she is a caterer who like angela lansbury and all miss marple and all those who come before her just happens to stumble across bodies all the time (laughs) casual normal yeah um of course she gets on the nerves of the lead detective of these cases that's also part of the fun the trope of these shows is that the meddler has to have the detective to play off of and the detective gets annoyed with them meddling all the time well she was so good at intuiting certain things that he finally started to listen to her and that's when she told him about the brain cells in the stomach And I had to verify this because I was like, what is this nonsense? It's true. The cells lining the gastrointestinal tract are called the enteric nervous system, ENS. There are two thin layers that run from your esophagus to your rectum. Say that again. There are two thin layers of this membrane that run and line your esophagus to your rectum. Your whole gastrointestinal wow. tract. Millions of them. Like a wow. hundred million of these cells. Okay. They're often called the body's second brain. I think I've heard this. This is sounding familiar. Keep going. Okay. They use chemicals and cells to help us digest and to alert the real brain when something is amiss. Yes. And that's really it. I... This is one of those things that, you know, you've learned and forgotten. Uh Uh-huh. But this is super interesting. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of creepy. So it makes you wonder, you know, if you eat crap. I mean, if you eat garbage, you're going to feel like garbage and your Your actual brain. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it makes you wonder, too, what you're doing to those cells in your stomach. I don't know. I'm I'm talking out of my ass. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, never mind. Good I'm, one. I'm having stupid thoughts here. Like no, my no, brain, no. my brain is racing. You're and right though, because I'm she not, said that. I'm not saying it's not coming out how I want to say this. You're right though that, that it does have an effect, and that's why 
you know, eating things or, or probiotics are so good for your body because it flushes out and it, it balances bacteria in your gut. And gut health is important. Oh, yes. So what you eat does oh, really, yeah. you know, it matters. I guess what I'm trying to say is, so we had Chinese food last night. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake. It always is. No offense to people who love Chinese food. Well, I but Chinese love, food in this part yes, of the world where we live. It's horrible for us. It's just so full of sodium. Oh, my gosh. I have Mickey Mouse hands today. Yeah, I mean. And I knew when I suggested it to Sean, it was a mistake. I always just eat too much of it. So. I feel like crap afterwards. So my stomach, these brain cells in my stomach yeah. are literally being affected by all the bad things that mm-hmm. are in this food. It's something you should keep in mind while you eat. Right. It might affect your intuition. Yes. If you constantly eat crappy food, you're kind of dulling your sense, that sense. This is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Yeah. She said that. And Miss Sidhu is a doctor. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She's a caterer. Um, But I take all of my medical advice and, you know, wisdom from Cozy Mysteries on Acorn. As you should. That was a good search. It was short and sweet, but um, interesting. And I got my info from Harvard, John Hopkins, and the University of British Columbia. Nice. That actually segues well into my next search. Excellent. It's medical related. And I know better than to look up medical stuff on the internet. It never ends well. But this one, it just made me laugh. So I was getting ready Thursday morning. And... As we said, this was a bad week. I've been dropping things all week. Mm. Everything I pick up, I basically am dropping half of it. Mm -hmm. As I was getting ready Thursday morning, I dropped every single makeup item that I picked up. Every one of them. I dropped it. And I got so frustrated. And so I thought, I'm just going to, I'm going to search it. I'm going to search this so I can just take a minute. So... Let me just read you the top results that came up when I searched this. Clumsiness can result from stroke, seizure disorders, brain trauma, or the presence of tumors. It may also be an early symptom of Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. Your very favorite thing to be afraid of. This is a really great way to start my day. (laughs) It's not a tumor. So, Kara. Wait, I'm not done. Oh, okay. Good. So I kept scrolling. Yes, please. Because I was like, no, this is not any of these things. I know it's not. It could also be Huntington's disease. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not Huntington's. Keep I'm like, scrolling. Keep going. So I hit on carpal tunnel, which actually is pretty likely as much as I have typed my entire adult mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. So... That's a possibility. Mm -hmm. I could be having a flare-up this week. But I scrolled some more. It could also be lack of sleep or overconsumption of alcohol. So that's the end of drinking before breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. When you drink while you're putting your makeup on, what else can you expect? I mean, I should have thought of it. (laughs) Then I finally came to most likely... You're moving too, qu- too quickly and not being present in the moment, which, yeah, <laughs> that's pro- 
probably correct. I mean, how much do you pay attention while you're getting ready? It's all muscle memory. Right, right, right. But I've also <laughs> heard that that's part of menopause or premenopause. Oh, no kidding. Is that your fingers become a little, you just become a little bit more fumbly because something about your nerve endings, like they're not as sensitive. Huh. That is a, that's a, I mean, don't quote me on that, but I do believe that's one of the symptoms that comes, one of the joys that comes along with premenopause and menopause is that you're just not as spatially aware Mm -hmm. and your spatial awareness kind of gets thrown off. So if I was on the top step of a stepladder, I might not realize that the ground is further away (laughs) than I think it is. Yes, you might somehow forget that you are not seven feet tall (laughs) and that you're standing on not the ground or the floor, Mm -hmm. but a ladder. Now, I will say a few years ago, about 10 years ago, I started keeping a headache journal um, Uh uh and I did learn that if I am dropping things consistently like for a day, I've got a migraine in my future. Oh, shit. It's it, within a couple of days, I'm going to get a migraine. But this was different. I've been doing it all week. Haven't had any headaches this week. It's probably part, you know, mostly because you're a little bit scattered because it's been a busy week and you feel rushed. I think so. Yeah. That one woman that you follow who talks about menopause, I can't remember her name, but her videos are funny. That gal. And it's all about how she's her brain has changed <laughs> since she's gotten older. Yes. And that was one of the things too dropping things all the time interesting or running into things that you've that are always there like why am i suddenly running into this thing you know it's really frustrating i scrolled i looked at a lot of results that was not a part of the results no you have huntington's i absolutely do because women's health doesn't matter no why would we why would we mention that hey maybe if your body is approaching the change there might be other changes, too. It's most likely a tumor. You, I think it's a tumor yeah. or Alzheimer's. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Ugh, that's annoying. It really is annoying. So anyway, that was that was a search in anger. I couldn't even, I couldn't even name all the things I've dropped this week. I dropped my body. <laughs> trying to rearrange some crockpots. <laughs> uh, it all comes back body. to that. Oh, crap. All right, what's your next search? My next search is filmmaking accident at Lake of the Ozarks. I have to have a trigger warning here. This is, well, it discusses animal cruelty. Oh, gosh. Okay. I have no idea what made me search this. (laughs) You don't remember the impetus or? I don't remember. It must have been part of a rabbit hole. I must have been on IMDb. I tried to retrace my steps to see where, how I got to this website. But it was a search. I was on drugs, whatever. (laughs) I probably saw something and I was like, oh, I need to know more about that. But for those of you who don't know, Lake of the Ozarks is a man-made lake near to where Kara and I live. Mm -hmm. So Ozark on Netflix isn't the first thing that was ever filmed there. Or it wasn't filmed there. No. It was filmed in Georgia. Right. But that's not the first time that Hollywood has thought about Lake of the Ozarks. Mm. Let's just put it that way. 
The first filming at Lake of the Ozarks was in 1938. Oh. For the movie Jesse James. Oh. Starring Henry Fonda and Tyrone Power. And it was filmed there? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. The movie does not take place in Missouri. (laughs) Despite the fact that Jesse James has big ties to Missouri. And Missouri is very, very proud. Uh Uh-huh. Of its ties to Jesse James. Yay, us. But, um... The landscape was what the filmmakers needed. And Lake of the Ozarks at that time was fairly new. I didn't research when the Bangnall Dam went up, but must have been around in the 30s. Okay. So um, they thought that the landscape, the greenery around the shoreline, all that stuff was perfect for what they were looking for. And in the movie, the James brothers are riding their horses off a cliff (laughs) to escape the law. And they're supposed to be riding their horses off a cliff and jumping into a river. And this is supposed to be happening somewhere up in Minnesota. Unfortunately, that's complete ridiculousness. Like, the movie is is ridiculous. First of all, there aren't many cliffs in that area of the world. That's what I'm trying to think so about. So there's not, I mean, just geographically, it's not even accurate. Second of all, they needed a big body of water. They were they were using like some of the inlets and the coves in Lake of the Ozarks mm-hmm. as river oh. scenes. But they needed something deep enough that a horse coming off a cliff and a man coming off a cliff wouldn't die hitting the water Good because it would be grief. deep enough that they wouldn't, you know, hit bottom. And so they chose a part of the lake, which was about 70 feet deep. The horse never willingly jumped. Shocking. So they pushed it down a slide. Shut up! I'm not kidding. And over the cliff. And the guy was on the horse. You have to be kidding me. This is making me so mad right now. You're going to get madder. So the stuntman was on the horse. And what they were going to do was just do it once. They were like, we got this is a one take, one take thing. (laughs) We're going to do it once. Then we're going to splice the film so it looks like both of these guys went off the cliff. Whatever. I want to watch this just to see what it looked like. The guy was on the horse's back. They send it down the slide. The guy gets scraped off the horse's back on the way down the slide because the horse went sideways on the slide. Oh, jeez. They go off the cliff. It doesn't look like a jump at all from the still shots that I've seen of this. And they go into the water. They both survived the fall into the water, but the horse drowned. Oh, my gosh. And it's panic. After it went over the side of the cliff. Because it doesn't know what the hell's going on. Oh my gosh. So the horse died. And they put the scene in the movie anyway. Oh my gosh. And so people, thank goodness, went crazy. They were outraged by this when they found out what had happened to that horse. And so Hollywood had to start making deals with animal activists about no animals were harmed in the making of this film. So that film... Jesse James, filmed at Lake of the Ozarks, changed movie making forever. Because of that film and what happened with that horse, they have to put that stipulation on there that we didn't harm any animals. And there has to be some kind of oversight about animals that you use in films Mm -hmm. so that nothing like that ever happens again. Wow. 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 Yeah. Pretty bad, huh? Who? I know what we can do. I'm just so mad that, <laughs> you know, you think about a movie set. There's a ton of people there. Yeah. And nobody said, and you know, I everybody, don't think this is a good idea. Yeah, everybody was okay with it. Yeah. 
maybe not okay with it. They didn't feel comfortable speaking up right. and saying, you know what, this is not going to end well. They were all complicit. Let's put a, a horse on a slide <laughs> and shoot it into 70 feet of water. Yeah. It'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? I am so angry right now. I can't even... <laughs> I have no words. My source was Lake Expo. Gosh. Uh, beat that. Well. Beat that like a dead horse. Too soon. <laughs> All right. I saw that Annie Leibovitz is going to have an exhibition at Crystal Bridges. Is she? Yes. I'm really excited about it, and I want to go see it. It's through January. It's, mm-hmm. It just started the middle of this month. So I love photographs. I could sit and look at photographs for hours. Mm-hmm. And I admire Annie Lieb. Lieb I'm not going to say her last name anymore. Leibovitz. I admire her work. Mm-hmm. She does some really cool stuff. And But I don't know much about her. So I thought, hey, self, you're going to go see this exhibition. Why don't you read up on Annie a little bit? Yes. This girl's got... Some history now, y'all. I'm not going to cover the whole thing. She has a lot of accomplishments, but here are the basics. She's born in Connecticut in 1949, and she had intended to become a painter, but she ended up taking a night class in photography. She was at the San Francisco Art Institute, and so that class changed her mind, and she just took a deep dive into photography, really got into it. And while she was still a student, she got her first commercial assignment with Rolling Stone magazine. It's like 1970. And she got to photograph John Lennon. Oh. She, well, she was still a student. And so then three years after that photograph was taken, she became the chief photographer for Rolling Stone magazine. That was her job. And so it was during that period that she created that iconic photo of John Lennon and Yoko Ono where he's naked and she's fully clothed. Do you know that picture? Um, He's like kind of curled up in the fetal position and kissing her cheek. I don't think I do. I can't picture it in my brain. What I didn't know about that picture, that same afternoon is when he was shot and killed. What? I know. I had to reread that and make sure I was reading it right. So because this was... After he died, they had to get Yoko's permission to go ahead and put this on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah. This is not a great picture, but see right up there in the corner. Oh, yeah, I know that picture. Okay, I, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that you would. In 1983, she then joined Vanity Fair magazine, which broadened her pool of people that she could photograph. When working at Vanity Fair, she would typically spend several days with the subject she was going to photograph and learn about their daily life. And then... Just kind of capture that, which I think that's why her photographs are so good and interesting. Um, I didn't know that. I thought it was really an interesting technique. In 1986, she started working as an advertising photographer and worked with companies such as Honda, American Express, and Gap. And she also took photos for the Got Milk campaign. Those were very memorable. The milk mustache pictures. Mm -hmm. Yep. In 1991, she got her first museum exhibition and became the first woman and second living photographer to show at the National Portrait Gallery in Washington, D.C. In 2000, she was among the first group of Americans to be designated a Library of Congress living legend. She did get into some hot water in 2009 
she was sued for racking up a $24 million debt. What? I did not dig into this, and I don't remember this. Where I was reading all of this, it said that it hurt her public image, and people really got down on her. So because she was a shitty money manager? I mean, that's that may be beyond shitty, but... <laughs> People got down on her. I guess about that? so. I guess so. But do, do people just need things to shame people? About? I guess so. Well, I mean, that is a lot of money. It's a lot, but I'm not saying that gives them the right to look down on her. But, but it's kind of like it has nothing to do with her photography skills or her art. Or well, here the Obamas come to the rescue. Oh, that same year. The Obamas agreed for her to take their official family portrait. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And so that kind of, everybody was like, oh, well, I, mean, I guess she's okay. She's still brilliant. She's all right. She's published lots of books. She has tons of photography books that have been published out there. And she also has a documentary called Life Through a Lens, but that's kind of old. It's from 2009. Anyway, that was pretty much my search on Annie Leibovitz. My third search that I'm going to talk about is historical versus historic. This is Grammar Pet Peeves with BB. Oh, I love this show. <laughs> this is a rare work search that made it to the show. Whoa. In a report that I was proofreading, the author used historic, like historic analytical data. And I was like, wow, that must have been something. Historic analytical data. <laughs> How have I not heard about this? How have I not heard about these VOC detections? If they're so historic. And then I doubted myself, of course. And I was like, wait a minute. Should it be historic or historical? Then I started like freaking myself out. Like, I, I don't know. So I looked it up. Historic describes something meaningful or momentous in the past. It was a historic day. It was a historic decision historical is describing general things that happened in the past usually you would say historically historically americans celebrate fourth of july with fireworks but how i've decided to remember this so that i don't have to look it up again Mm -hmm. because this is not the first time i've looked this up oh okay because i get confused Mm -hmm. if something is historic it's epic an epic and historic both end in ic Yes, that's good. Historical is just something that happened in the past. So epic is going to be my my little trigger word there. It's like a mental post-it note. I've got so many of them. Because I can see it. And then some of them fall down. Oh, they they get unsticky. Yes, they lose their stickiness. And they fall down. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I got to search that again. (laughs) They are so lucky to have you that you care about a word. You look it up. Oh, yes, I do. make sure it is correct. I don't want us to look like morons. No. My next one is Moonfall, <laughs> the movie. Oh, my Lord. I had to talk about this. Bria, this movie. <laughs> Listen, I love space. And I love TV shows and movies that take place in space. Huh. Take place in space. I just think space is fascinating. Both real and fake. This is how we differ. One way that we I differ. know, I know that you do not care for space things. Uh-uh. <laughs> My husband makes fun of me because I'll say, I just don't care. And he'll say, <laughs> but it's kind of important. And I'll be like, I, I just, I don't care. That's okay. I you think, can't care about everything. Right. There's... I just think space is dumb. I mean, I'm glad it exists. 
getting you a t-shirt that says that. I I think space is fascinating. Okay, well, go ahead. So we watched Moonfall. I'm not familiar with this show. All right, it came out in 2022. And they did a good job with the trailer. Okay. So it looks pretty interesting. Now, you gotta think in your brain, all right, I've seen Armageddon. I've seen all of the... Oh, no. <laughs> terrible. You know, it's an action movie. You go into it with a level of thinking that there's going to be some cheese. Yeah. There's going to be maybe some bad acting. Yeah. Girl, this movie had potential. It has Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson. It has Samwise from Game of Thrones. Not Samwise. Samwise. That's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Samwell. Tarly, Samuel oh, okay. Tarly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What's his real name? I've written it down. John Bradley. That's his real name. So it has potential. Those are three good actors. Yeah, big names. It was some of the worst writing I have, I have ever heard. I mean, you guys. Oh, my God. Don't watch this movie. Don't watch this movie. It's over two hours long. Don't do oh, it. Oh, Lord. So they ripped off about 15 other space movies. Like the ones that come to mind just immediately are The Matrix, Armageddon, um, what else? Contact. Um, I mean, those are like the ones that are just like floating to the surface here. Is The Matrix a space movie? No. But they took. Oh, they just ripped things like concepts. Yes. Okay. Yes. Did I say space movies? Yeah. They ripped off 15 other movies. Yes. Some of which are space movies. Some some are space. Yes. Some are not. Um, It was so. And so that was annoying. So you've got the bad writing. And then on top of that, just write your own stuff. I mean, I know people borrow. You're inspired by things. Right. But these were like direct ripoffs of ideas maybe ai wrote it oh it's uh so the writing credit went to three people one of which was the director i never heard of any of them i'm sure they'll do better in the future this was horrible and you know what really makes me mad too is that samwell he is a great comic relief and that's what he played in this movie too he was comic relief and they had a real gem there. The, there's so much potential with this movie, and they just killed it with the script. I mean, squashed it like a bug. It makes you feel sorry for the actors. Yes. Because I, you're like, oh, now you're associated with this movie. Yes. This is a big turd on your resume. I told Sean I'm judging Halle Berry for agreeing to do hey. this after reading the script. Yeah. But, you know, they probably paid a few bills. Eh, it's a job. It's a job. And you know what? We can't always like the jobs no. that we have. It's good to know that actors and celebrities, they sometimes have to do jobs they don't want to do, too. That's right. They do. They suck it up and do it. The effects were pretty good. Well, I would hope so. In this day and age, there's no excuse for effects being bad. I would have to be on drugs to watch that movie. But, you know, it's happened. You know what? That would be the best way to watch this because then it might be more interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. You might not care about the script and just be totally enthralled by the effects. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm remembering it and I'm just, it's cringy. Drinking game. <laughs> You'd be drunk. Like, Drinking you can't pick, like, horrible phrases or cheesy comebacks because you'd be drunk within the first 10 minutes. Is it like turtlenecks in Love Actually? <laughs> 
I know. Remember when we did that? It was a bad idea. <laughs> they wear so many turtlenecks in that movie. So many. You don't know until you have to take a drink every time you mm-hmm. see one. That I, was my last search. What have you are got? Are you ready for my last search? I am. It's um, peppercorn rent definition. Are you seeing rent? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was watching a true crime series on Acorn. What? I can't believe it. It was a departure from my norm. <laughs> it's called The Truth About My Murder. And it's this really cool show where a pathologist uses this high-tech monitor that looks like a morgue slab. And he can, like, manipulate it so it can zoom in and out of the body. It could be, like, surface tissue. So you can see, like, bruising and stuff like that on the body. Oh. And then you can he can also, like, zoom in down to the skeletal level. And you can see, like, you know, skull fractures or things like that. And they talk about um, murder cases that were solved by autopsies. And they also talked to reporters who covered these cases mm-hmm. and the detectives who worked the cases. And there are a couple, like, retired detectives that they use if a detective from the case doesn't want to talk about it. They'll have another detective come in and say, okay, typically when you do a case of this nature, this is the procedure that you would go through. And they have somebody who might have, like, studied the case and can speak to the detective side of it or the police side of it. Okay. A detective from one of the cases was describing two people who paid peppercorn rent to a friend who was letting them stay in his flat. It's like, what the hell? And he just said it, like, casual, like we all just know what freaking peppercorn rent is. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) I was not on drugs this day, so I thought, well, I got to look that up because I have no idea what that means. I could tell kind of by the context that it was maybe like a small amount, but I was like, I I don't know, so I'm going to look it up. It's a legal term in the UK for a token payment used to create a binding agreement. So you're paying someone something small or nominal so that you can call it legal. Oh, so like when you purchase land for a dollar. Correct. Something like that. I'm not the... Okay. Another variation is paying a sum up front for a long-term lease. For example, a 99-year lease, and then you don't pay on it month to month because you've already paid for it, but it's legally binding, and it's for that 99 years. That variation is also called a freehold. Oh, yes. Okay. Often used with charities. A church might say, pay us 50 bucks. And then you can have use of this building in perpetuity yes, or whatever. And then that way they have a somewhat of a legal contract between the two so that there's some kind of recourse. They can't be kicked out. The person who received the money can say, hey, this was our agreement. Mm-hmm. The possible origin were codices from King Ethelred <laughs> of England in the second century. Whoa where it stated that ships delivering to Billingsgate must pay a toll of a 10-pound sack of pepper (gasps) at Eastern Christmas. Oh, my goodness. That's so interesting. I love crap like that. Yeah, but there are other references to things like that, like you would pay in peppercorn Uh or you would pay in, you know, something that's not a big deal, but it shows that you gave something. Yeah, like... A chest full of sugar. Sugar chest. Sugar chest. (laughs) My sources were Merriam-Webster, Cambridge University, and Tarleton Law Library. Oh, fun. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I thought that was really interesting. It is very interesting. And that show is super interesting. That show does. That sounds like something I would watch. I'm not really into true crime. It's not gory. Like, you don't look at it and go, oh, 
like like you don't want to look at mm-hmm. what they're showing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all just, it's like the posters that you see in the doctor's office. Right. You had a lot of interesting searches this week, but yeah. what about this one? What about this one? Here's a quick listing of other searches from the past week that we didn't have time to discuss in this episode, but maybe we'll cover in a future bonus episode. Yes, 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 yes. Carago. Yes. Gunnery Sergeant. Five tips for changing careers. It was a bad week. Pacific Theater versus European Theater. The Wheel of Time TV show. Amelie, the movie. Tar, the movie. Game of Thrones. Ocean's 8, the movie. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Three Dog Night. Lord. Sammy Salvo and Radiohead. Before we move on to my what about this one, can we talk about the Pacific for just a second? If you want to. Okay. Because I gave it a lot of thought this past week about my knee jerk. We don't talk about the Pacific as much as the European theater Uh because of racism. Yep. And I still, I stand by that. Like, we really didn't see them as people. But I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. Oh, I would agree. I think we have a lot of guilt about how we ended the Pacific theater dropping bombs on Japan. Mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of guilt about that and we don't want to talk about it and we don't want to bring it up and we don't want to remember. So that kind of contradicts the whole racism thing because you wouldn't feel guilty about killing people that you don't see as human. Right. But I think that we became the villains. This is a very complicated topic. Mm -hmm. I've, I did a lot of searching on this week. I look, I've looked, in fact, I even have a call in to a professor here at one of the universities in town. Dang. And I called late on Friday, so I'm sure she was already out of the office. But I was looking for professors in town that kind of had an expertise in this area, and she appears to have an expertise that will help a little bit with this. Oh, watch the space. I like it. So I left her my phone number and I also left her my um, email and I told her on the voicemail, I said, I know this is a super weird phone call that you're getting, but I told her why I was calling. And I said, you know, even if you don't want to call me back, if you would just send me some literature Mm -hmm. that I could check out by email, I would appreciate just that too. So after a lot, I did so much searching this week. It is complicated. Yeah. I'm curious. I really hope she contacts me. Oh, me too. That's um, interesting. And so I'm still I'm still working on this one. Okay. Cool. But I'm glad you brought that up. That's very professional of you. Well, <laughs> it's really got my wheels turning. Yeah. I mean, I thought about it a lot this week too, as you can tell. Yes. And I talked about it with my family. and Yeah, I talked about it with Sean. Okay. So my what about this one list yes. is... Simple Simon's Pizza. Skyline Chili Packets near me. (laughs) I am hungry. (laughs) Lambasting Etymology. Oh. Icebreaker, the novel. Kelsey, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. (laughs) (gasps) Okay, I wish we could talk about that. Let's do it. Okay, so was it the... Yes. When, I when think he, that when was snapped his yes, helmet. I, is that what he got called I on? I don't know. I could that is total BS if that's the truth. See. Because oh, here's I, the problem. sorry, I was getting ready to go off. Man, you were just I've so got it. fired I'm up about so this. I'm so mad about it. Here's here's the problem. Tell me. I wanted to know right away 
what it was. Yeah. And I looked it up right away. Well, nobody's going to know. And I never kind of circled back to it. I doubt that they discussed it on their podcast. I didn't listen to this week's episode yet. Sean and I were talking about there's no way. It had to be something he, he had said. He had to have said something. Yeah. Exactly. But that's also crap because there's so, I mean, just watch quarterback. Yeah. The filth that comes out of their mouths. Everybody's saying stuff. So it's it's just a matter of if it you get caught. It had to have been, yes, he got caught. Or I'm almost wondering if it wasn't something that he said directly to the ref or about the ref. or Because that'll get you every time. You mean like when he was rolling the dice <laughs> behind the ref's back? Bria, he was just playing cards. <laughs> we still talk about <laughs> Kelsey rolling the dice. I was just rolling the dice. That would have been a historic moment. (laughs) No, I think it was just one of his historical bad choices. (laughs) The poor guy. Did you get through your list or did I stop you? That's it. I have a shout out. Oh, me too. You go first. Three things that listener Alex J wants us to know. Okay. First of all, she has an older relative who decoupaged her whole bathroom. Her whole bathroom? In this old farmhouse with old family photos. (gasps) Did she send you a picture? And they don't live there anymore. Yeah. Oh. But they still know the people who live there now. Yeah. And she was trying to get a picture sent to us because she thinks it's still intact. Oh, my gosh. So it must be the com if it was if it's still like that. Also, she had some advice for RLS because one of her relatives has it. Okay. And he said that he notices that when he's stressed out, it acts up more. Ooh. He agrees that it's a nerve thing. And so he recommended (laughs) a hot bath. Yeah. And just chilling, like trying to, and a massage maybe. So I might try just, I mean, I know self-massage is not the same. But I might just try like some lotion and some rubbing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds well, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> some lotion and some rubbing. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Third thing. Third thing. NFL little people. Again, follow up. She said Green Bay isn't the only lame team with double zero jerseys. Okay. There are other teams that okay. don't have specific players in their sets either and so we were speculating i wonder if it's that when they put these things into production maybe some of the lineups weren't set some of the teams weren't set like maybe it was before the preseason and you know they make changes up until absolutely they do first week of the season that's a that's a good theory but she had a recommendation for one of the players for green bay yes she's a green bay fan oh new I knew that I liked you, Alex. Because she, you know, lives there. I think it's kind of a rule. I don't think you can live in Wisconsin. Well, and Lion, not be a Lion fan Matt, he lives there. Oh, Matt. But he's from Michigan. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, he's from Kalamazoo. That's all so right. that's why he's a Lions fan. Alex says that A.J. Dillon would be a decent <gasps> option. Oh. As a player for the little people set. She is not wrong. Also, one more thing about yeah. the little people. Yes. I'm obsessed. I cracked those things out of the box, my Chiefs ones, yeah. so that Quinn could play with them last week. Yes. 
they do not come out of the box easily. Oh, no. It's like they are meant to stay in the box. I had to get a spoon and dig them out of the plastic because, like, the plastic is molded around it. Oh, my god! It was obnoxious. Everybody else in the room was just staring at me like, are you done with that yet? Because it was so loud. What's your shout out? All right. So Hopper. Yes. Had some searches that she shared with us this week. Louche definition in slang. I'm going to have to look it up. Me too. Dunkin' Donuts peanut butter coffee. NASA asteroid hitting the earth. NASA asteroid. Wait, I bet she just looked up NASA. NASA. Asteroid hitting the earth. Asteroid hitting the earth. How to stop (laughs) killing... <laughs> it's like it's like goat oh, testicle doctor you is. just can't how to stop killing sourdough starter oh she's struggling with this and average weight of corgi <gasps> she is a big old corgi fan oh hopper me too average weight of I corgi i would say they're probably about what 30 oh god i don't know 30 40 pounds i wouldn't even know because they're solid or are they just all made of fur? <laughs> Let's find out. The males are between 21 and 31 pounds. The females between 22 and 29. So about the same. Yeah. You got a big old fat corgi? 30 pounds. <laughs> what did you say? I said between 30 and 40. Okay. I was a little, I was on the high side. But if I had a corgi, it would be a big old <laughs> fat corgi. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you don't want to take a walk today? Okay, that's fine. I want why she wanted to know what the average weight was. She's going to start carrying one around, maybe. Do you have any information about ratings and reviews? On Apple Podcasts, we now have six ratings, and they're all five stars. You guys, thank you so much. Yes, thank you, thank you. For and responding to our begging. Some people have left... Some reviews. No. Yep. We have okay. three reviews. Excellent. Now, our original one was from Diane B. 2222. Correct. We have another one. I have cracked up every episode, <laughs> learned new things, and gone down my own rabbit holes of internet searches. I love the mix of humor and facts and that the show is filled with so much laughter. I can't wait to hear all that's to come. Oh. That's from Webster. W-E-B-R-S-T. Okay. Thanks, Webster. Webberst. Webberst. <laughs> it's not Webster. It's Webberst. Wait. W E B R S T. R S T. Webberst. The other one we have is Great Vibe. I'm hooked. That's from MSO. Excellent. Thank you. Not fun. Great Vibe. I'm hooked. Uh, did you have anything? Mm-mm. Okay. I was I was lame, y'all. I'm sorry. It's I didn't okay. I didn't interact on social media or anything Don't this week. Don't apologize. It was awful. You would not have wanted to interact with me anyway. <laughs> the people who had to interact with me for work, I think I probably have some HR complaints <laughs> against me. Uh, <laughs> I said some inappropriate things that day. Well, if you'd like to reach out to Bria and tell her how horrible she was to you this week. You can reach her at uh, delete this history podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Or you can go on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we're at DTH Gals on Insta and Twitter and delete this history on Facebook. Yes, we are. I think that I am going to skedaddle or 
Scarper. Scarper. And go delete my history. Me too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is So Good by Orcas. Email us at delete this history podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DTH Gals. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Free studio space and ambient noise provided by your local